I'd invite you to pray with me. Oh, gracious and holy God, this world that we live in, um, it is your world, and it is beautiful and wonderful and full of so much love and life, but God, this world that we live in is also our world, and we just manage to make a mess of things. And so it is also full of pain and brokenness and suffering. And God, so often uh, in the face of it all, uh, we can struggle to know what to do and how to live. Um, and so we're grateful, God, for your word. We're grateful that you sent Jesus to us. We're grateful for these stories, this teaching that seeks to guide us as we... Uh, stumble about trying to follow faithfully after your son, Jesus. God, we come before you humbly this day and ask you to speak, to send your spirit so that we might hear, so that we might follow, so that we might be reminded that it is by your grace that we find the next step as we seek to follow after your son. It's in your name we ask these things. Amen. Our scripture for today comes from two places. Uh, first, uh, the book of Leviticus, chapter 19, 34. Um, part of the law that gets referenced in the second scripture um, that we will share together today, which we've already experienced today, but you'll get to hear the full words of once more from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 25 to 37. Let us listen to God's word for us this day. First from Leviticus. Any immigrant who lives with you must be treated as if they were one of your citizens. You must love them as yourself, because you are immigrants in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. And then from the Gospel of Luke. A legal, legal expert stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to gain eternal life? Jesus replied, what is written in the law? How do you interpret it? He responded, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But the legal expert wanted to prove that he was right, so he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He encountered thieves who stripped him naked, beat him up, and left him near death. Now it just so happened that a priest was going along down the same road. When he saw the injured man, he crossed over to the other side of the road and went on his way. Likewise, a Levite came by that spot, saw the injured man, and crossed over to the other side of the road and went on his way. A Samaritan, who was on a journey, 
came to where the man was, but when he saw him, he was moved with compassion. The Samaritan went to him and bandaged his wounds, tending them with oil and wine. Then he placed the wounded man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took two full days' worth of wages and gave them to the innkeeper. He said, take care of him, him, and when I return, I will pay you back for any additional costs. What do you think, Jesus asked? Which one of these three was a neighbor to the man who encountered thieves? Then the legal expert said, the one who demonstrated mercy toward him. Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Oh, friends, it does not feel like an accident that the theme for our worship and the focus of our scripture today is what it is. After a week of life in our nation, when the issues of immigration have been at the forefront. As the immigration restrictions drawn up in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic expired this past Thursday. It was almost a year ago at our annual worship planning retreat that we planned this sermon series and this particular Sunday's theme as a part of it. I can't tell you how many times I have been floored with how the Spirit's movement in that planning ends up working out as the different series unfold in real time. Today is just one more piece of evidence that the Spirit of God is active in the midst of our lives and ministry, which is always a good thing in my book, even if it is not always a comfortable one. I had to laugh when Janine, our communications and administrative coordinator, texted me on Thursday afternoon after she'd created all the slides for worship today. She wrote, the topic of worship this week sounds tricky, dot, dot, dot. I responded, that's Jesus for you, (laughs) with one of those laughing face emojis. I say all the time that following after Jesus is not an easy road to walk. It was true some 2,000 years ago when he walked this earth, and it is true now. To be really clear from the forefront, I am not here today to reveal to you the master plan for immigration reform in our country. Just like our country's leadership right now, I do not know what the right path is, the truth is that none of us do. In our work with the Kansas Leadership Center, we have been taught to evaluate a problem to determine whether it is a technical one or an adaptive one. Technical problems are those that are easily solved. They simply require getting a person with expertise in a particular area involved who can take care of the issue at hand. Your air conditioner breaks, you call in the HVAC repairman. Doing your taxes is overwhelming and confusing, you call in a CPA. Aren't sure what to get your mom for Mother's Day? You ask her. Or you search the internet for ideas until the right thing pops up. Technical problems are easy to solve. They may not be fun to navigate, and so their solutions may cost something or require something of us, but there are clear solutions. 
a paved path to follow. Adaptive problems are not that simple to understand or to resolve. With adaptive problems, there is no expert you can call, no roadmap to resolution. Adaptive challenges are tricky. There are no easy answers or clear solutions because there is so much to understand about the challenge itself and no single or right way to address it. It only takes about five seconds looking at the issue of immigration in our world today to realize that it falls into this category. It is a complex challenge where no one person nor political party is going to have all the answers. KLC teaches that the way we make progress on adaptive challenges is to seek to understand what is as best we can from every perspective that we can, and then to design experiments that we know will not be the end-all be-all, but that will help us understand all the more as we seek to make progress one step at a time. We try something to respond to the challenge at hand and then learn from what happens in the midst of that trying, that experimenting. Then based on that learning, we design the next experiment that can move us forward some more, making progress on the things that are the hardest, but also that matter most in our world today. None of us have all the answers when it comes to how our country should handle its borders. Our scripture today does not lay out a five-point plan that provides us the perfect way to respond to those seeking to immigrate to our nation. Yet it does provide guidance for us about Christ's perspective when it comes to how we are to relate to those who are not from our own land. And that guidance is meant to shape our minds, hearts, and souls as we wrestle together with the complex realities, seeking to find the right and faithful way forward as a nation. When the legal expert approaches Jesus, Scripture tells us it is to test him. This would have been a person who was steeped in Moses' law, having studied it closely, both in its written form and how it has been interpreted across the generations. He asked Jesus one of the big questions of our existence, what must I do to gain eternal life? Jesus pushes the question back onto him, something Jesus was notorious for doing. Asking the legal expert to do what he has been formed to do. What is the law? How do you interpret it? The man responds with the heart of the law, both as it is recorded in the Old Testament and what is central to Jesus' teaching in his time on earth. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. The answer is correct. Jesus affirms the expert's response, saying to him, Do this, and you will live. Yet the follow-up question by the legal expert is poignant. We can know the law, be able to recite it, but when it comes to actually living it out, 
translating it into our daily actions, thoughts, choices, it quickly gets more complicated. Who then is my neighbor, he asks. Jesus' answer comes in the form of the parable, but it is based on this piece of the law that comes to us in Leviticus. Any immigrant who lives with you must be treated as if they were one of your citizens. You must love them as yourself because you were immigrants in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. The immigration debate is hard. There are no easy answers. It is a complex challenge without a clear way forward that feels workable or sustainable. In the face of that reality, one of the ways we cope is to dehumanize the immigrant, to distance ourselves from their reality, to disconnect ourselves from their plight, to label them as other so that we do not have to carry the weight of responsibility for them. That impulse is understandable, but God makes it really clear that it is not faithful. God instead invites us to do the opposite, asking first the people of Israel and then so many of us to remember that our people were once immigrants as well, that we must love the immigrant of our time as we love ourselves because our history reminds us that we are no different than them, that we are connected, that their plight has been our plight, that in the end, we all belong to one another, for in the end, we all belong to God. Jesus brings this piece of the law to life through the parable of the Good Samaritan. In the story, it is the Samaritan the foreigner, the person who is outside the bounds of his homeland, who treats a Jew who he encounters in need as he would treat one of his own, who loves the stranger found hurting on the road as he loves himself. The man who has been robbed and beaten is ignored by his own people. A priest crosses to the other side of the road and walks on by. A Levite would have served in worship at the temple does the same. They allow the road to become a border, a barrier between them and the one in need. The Samaritan, who scripture tells us is on a journey, who is away from his homeland, is moved differently when he comes to where the man is on the road. When he sees him, and he must have really seen him, scripture tells us that he was moved with compassion, a compassion that propelled him across the road to the injured man's side, where he offers care to the stranger as he would a beloved family member. That word compassion, at its root, means to suffer with. The Latin root pati means to suffer, and the prefix calm means with. We call the week of Jesus' suffering his passion, and he lived it because of his great compassion for the world. Whatever movement we are to take in response to the immigrants of our time, the strangers in our midst, 
Whatever road God has for us to walk, whatever border or boundary we are being invited to cross, it begins here with compassion, with remembrance, with seeing the immigrant not as a stranger, not as different or other, but instead as our neighbor, whom we are called to love as we love, would love ourselves, as we would love one of our own. For in God's kingdom, there are no borders. There is no us in them. We are all connected, for we all belong to God and to one another. It is clear that the Spirit of God wanted us to be reminded of that truth on this day. It is not a five-point plan. It is not a roadmap that clearly lays out how our nation should handle its borders. But it is a truth that should shape us and move us, mind, heart, body, and soul, as we continue to wrestle together to find the faithful way forward. It is the truth that should shape us and move us, mind, heart, body, and soul, whenever the road we walk, the journey we are on, leads us past one who is a stranger in our midst. Our God longs for life for us all. Do this and you shall live, Jesus tells us. We live because of Christ's great compassion for us, we live because of Christ's deep love for us. Love is the heartbeat, the pulse at the center of life. When we share of it as Christ has with us, we become part of God's life in this world. Amen.